All righty then, welcome to another episode of Restoring Your Voice. I know it's been a while. I have been on, um, uh, what do you call it? I lost the word, it's crazy. I've been on sabbatical. That's what I've been. I've been on a sabbatical for a bit, but I am back and I've got lots to talk about. I've got talking about prayer and fasting, where what I'm seeing, what God is showing me about the church in America. So, hey, stay tuned for more. You want to be a radical to Jesus? You want to use your voice for the glory of God? Well, then this is a show for you. I'm going to help you do just that. So welcome to the show. Alrighty then, welcome back. Really quickly, got a couple announcements to make. First and foremost, hey, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you're watching from. Head on over to the YouTube channel, David C. McGuire, my name right there. Check it out. All the content in one place. But better yet, new website. It's right, right on your screen. Uh, right down here. New website, davidcmcguire.org. All right. Not only does it have uh, uh, the links to all the videos, it has links to all my social media sites. Um, right now, I'm even live streaming the show there. So go. you can check it out right now. Um, I, I put out newsletters. Um, I, I, I blog. So I write stuff. Uh I got all, their, all of your podcast episodes are there as well. So wonderful, great content. One easy place to find, right? Uh, so go check out the new website right now and make sure you subscribe to receive my newsletter so you don't miss out when I release something new. Like I said, I try, I'm trying to um, release a newsletter um, every time, uh, like the Saturday, so you know what I'm going to be preaching on with a couple of notes in there, uh, things like that. So um yeah. Uh, so here we go. So yeah, I'm back on so back from sabbatical. I had to take a sabbatical, uh, needed a, uh, a rest, uh, needed, needed to get closer to God, needed to get some things worked out. Uh, nothing major, um, you know, no major sin, nothing like that. Uh, just felt Lord also, um, by the way, my, my best friend, um, thank you for uh, telling me I need to go on sabbatical. So yeah. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I did a lot of praying. I did fasting as well. Let me tell you what, let's, let's pause and let's, let's hang on this fasting for a bit. Why? Why? Because fasting one is essential. All right. It, it is biblical to fast. Um, I know we like to concentrate on the prayer part and nothing wrong with concentrating on prayer. In fact, more Christians need to be praying. And I'm going to say, if you ain't a praying Christian, you're not a Christian at all. You're a Christian in name only. Um, but we need to, yeah, seriously need to go with the um, fasting. You know, fasting is biblical. Jesus, uh, all throughout the Bible, fasting, fasting, fasting. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, right? The one, he fasted many times. He's, he told people um, these things don't come out except by prayer and fasting. And it doesn't mean, by the way, necessarily fasting for something specifically, though we can do that, but a life of prayer and fasting together. Uh, we want revival in America, for instance, right? Revival, revival, and it's a great cry, but nobody wants to put in the work for it, right? Nobody wants to pray and fast for it because you know where revival begins? You know where revival begins? The person that you, that that's looking back at you every time you look in the mirror, that's where revival be begins. Revival begins in our personal lives. And I can tell you in all honesty, right, I wish I was even more on fire for God than I am right now. And I am passionate for God, but I want more of it. I want more of God. I want more of the fire of God. I want more burning bright. And I'll tell you what, though, you know what, I'm going to, I I can't have a full explanation uh, for right now. But as soon as I, I obeyed the Lord to go on a water fast, um, and I did a couple of those, not, nothing, you know, over a lengthy period of time. Um, but I have uh, health issues to deal with on that. But as soon as I did, something shifted in my life. Something broke. So, something breakthrough, um, a, a greater level of grace, a greater level of the peace of God, um, a greater measure. I'm going to just say it, a greater measure of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you may, may disagree with my statement there. And you're like, well, no, once you have the Holy Spirit, you have all of him. And I'm And I beg to disagree with you. 
I, I, in fact, I would disagree very vehemently with you because there's things in all of us that should not be there, right? We 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 have uh, we don't have impatient. We're too impatient. We we get angered. He's like, if you're if you're like me, um, there are just things that that rile me up, but that does not give me a right to be quick to anger, for instance. And that's another thing that broke. But what I'm what I'm saying is, uh, we'll take um, since I have this sitting in my desk right here. So if you're listening by audio podcast, you're not going to see it, but I'll explain it. I have a water bottle holding up to the camera, right? Now, I want this water bottle filled, right, with my favorite root beer brand, right? Uh, we'll go with H-E-B. I love, I love me some H-E-B brand. So uh, I want it filled up with that. But you notice that at the bottom here, there's a little bit of water in there. So if I try to fill this up with my favorite brand of root beer from H-E-B, right here in Texas. All right. God bless Texas. Um, if I try to fill it up, is it going to be filled up all with root beer? No, it's not. Why? Because there's going to be water in there still. So one of my favorite illustrations I like to use. So can we have more of the Holy spirit than we don't have? Yes, absolutely. We can, we can have more of the Holy spirit because there is stuff that we need to get out. We all need more. We all need work now. However, however, that does not excuse living in sin. That does not excuse. And this is a good segue. So we'll probably harp on. Uh, I'll probably be talking a little bit more on this prayer and fasting. But what I want to also uh, talk about is uh, things I've seen, things that the Lord has highlighted to me, things I've experienced personally uh, with other people. Um, and you know what? Regardless of what other people say towards me or about me or accuse me of, uh, praise God for it. It's not going to affect what I do one way or the other because I'm living for God and living for God alone, right? Because I've crucified my flesh with its lust and desires. I don't want the praise of men. Or if I seek after the praise of men, then I'm already compromised. If I'm seeking after the praises of men, then I have no bit with Christ. Because when a man comes to Christ, right? When, when a man comes to Christ, they die. They die to self. They die to selfish ambition. They, they die to the praises of men. Anything that revolves around anything but God dies. And we don't have enough of that. We have so many fakers out there. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Well, show me the fruits. Jesus said, by their fruits, you shall know them. So let me tell you, let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this radical question that we don't ask enough at all. We, we don't act, we hardly ever ask it. What are the fruits? If you say you're saved, what are your fruits? Well, brother, I'm struggling with this sin. No, you're not. That sin either controls you or God. And let me tell you what, a holy God cannot coexist with sin. Let me say that one more time. A holy God cannot and will never coexist with sin. Now, I know a lot of people out there like to make us feel good about ourselves you know, Jesus came to show us a better way. Jesus died, da da. No, no, my friends. Jesus lived the holy life because he said out of his own words that he spoke to Moses, right? Therefore, be holy as I am holy. Jesus said, this is the standard. And unless you want to live by this standard, unless this is your standard, you have no part of me. You have no part of my kingdom. Now you say, well, brother, that's awfully radical. Well, did you know the different times that Jesus would speak things and the crowds would be listening? And then there would be those who, who were sorrowful in their heart, the Bible would say, when they heard this. And they departed from him. Why would they do that? Because they didn't like. They wanted their life. They wanted their sin and Jesus too. Except Jesus said, no, you don't understand. That's not the way it works at all. It's either all of me or none of me, right? We, we got too many in the church that want to be controlled by sin. And I kid you not, I kid you not, when I say things like we are no longer sinners, we are saints, people rail against me, call me a bully and so much more and whatever. Like I said, I don't care. But the point being is it's insane. It's insane that people would rail against me for saying we're no longer a slave to sin. Now, now, if you've listened to the show, if you watched any of my, my sermons, right? Um, you know, that's that's why, um, by the way, you have to check out the new website so you can catch it all in one place, right? Or go to the YouTube channel to check it out in one place. 
That being said, that being said, um, look, we're the, you've heard me talk on Romans 6 enough times. It's one of my favorite. If I had to choose one chapter in the whole Bible, I would choose Romans 6, and I'll tell you why. Because it speaks of the Christian. It speaks of the true Christian life. It, 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 it speaks perfectly of the true born-again experience. From death to life. Dead to sin. No longer a slave to sin. You know, Paul writes in there to, to not let sin control our mortal bodies. To not have sin control us. And when I speak such radical things, yeah, I mean, well, some people consider it to be radical. I just say it's biblical. They rail against me. What are you talking about? And then somehow they make this, this jump in, in, I don't want to call it logic. I'll call it a jump in illogic to say, brother, I mean, well, why do you say you're perfect? Why do you say you don't sin? I never said that. I said sin doesn't control us and sin doesn't control me. And every born again believer, sin has no control over we choose to sin at times, absolutely, because we're imperfect. But sin no longer has control over us. There's a difference there. Being a slave, it means you are owned by that. So let's think of it this way. If you are a slave to sin, sin owns you. But if you're a saint, you're a holy, and, and your sin has been washed away, and now you have a greater power in you to resist the temptation. That power has a name, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes inside of a man or a woman and no longer do they love sin. No longer will they, no longer can sin control them because, right, the first part of Holy Spirit is what? Holy. Let me say that one more time. The first part of the Holy Spirit is holy. Eric, well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, amen. That's right. I'm going to put this up on the screen. He's, he's posting about the Greek, right? Love me some Greek. So, uh, uh, do loss of Christ, right? And, and if you guys don't know, but the the word for saint, the word for saint in the Greek, right? It's the same word for holy. So saint and holy are synonymous. We cannot be a saved a saved sinner. That's there's no such thing. We are not a redeemed sinner, right? Nothing bad could ever be redeemed. We are redeemed saints. We need to stop walking around with this old mindset. And that's, I, I believe that people rail against this type of things because they love their sin. They're stuck in their sin and they love it more than Jesus. They're stuck in their sin. They love it. They lust after it. They want more of it. While, but they don't want the real Jesus. They don't want the Jesus of the Bible that condemns the sin and the sinner. Now you say, well, brother, doesn't Jesus say I didn't come into the world to condemn it. Right. Because he said what? The world is already condemned. Why is the world already condemned? Because of the righteous standard of God. Jesus, God in the flesh, already condemned the world without him. Already did it. He didn't, this, this isn't something new. Right? This, this isn't some Jesus, lolly dolly, I accept everybody. No. Jesus made it perfectly crystal clear. Many are called, but few are chosen. Let me say that one more time. Many are called, but few are chosen. Narrow is the way. And few who are that find it. So all of these people trying to pass it off and lie and lie and lie. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You can lie to people. You may even attempt to lie to yourself. But let me tell you what, one day we will all stand before the righteous judge and his name is Jesus. And we will have to give an account for every bit of our lives. The Bible says every idle word spoken. You know what that, you know what that falls into? This idle word, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian. Yet, you, yet they never live for Christ, right? Matthew 7. And in that day, many will come to me saying, Lord, Lord. And then what does Jesus say to them? Yeah, I'm so glad you called me, Lord. Come right in. I love you just the way you are. No, Jesus will not say such a thing. Jesus will tell them, depart from me. I never even knew you. Yeah, so I believe, I believe, first and foremost, that scripture applies, first and foremost, to those who were never saved to begin with. Well, 
Well, we prophesied. We did this. We did that in your name. And what Jesus is saying, you didn't do my will. You didn't bow the knee. You, you only paid me lip service. How many today in the church are paying lip service to God? How many people are just paying simple lip service to Jesus right now? Lord, Lord, and they go out and live like the devil every day. Hell, they live like the devil coming into churches today. How do I know that? Look at the way some of these people dress when they come to church. Looking like harlots. Let's just say it like it is. This is too late in the game, my friends, to mince words. And I'm not saying this because I want to criticize everybody. I'm saying this because it's time to get biblical. But we in American church say it's radical. No, it's biblical. There's a, there's a huge difference between radical and biblical. Right? Radical is the Bar Kokhba rebellion. All right? The rebellion that led to the uh, massacre at Masada. That, that's being radical, right? Taking things beyond the Bible. I'm talking about simple, biblical, living, but we don't like that in America. We want our Jesus and our sin too. I can be saved and watch that pornography all day long. Woohoo! Great for me. No, woe is you. Woe is you if you think that's okay. If you think you can live in sin and God's okay with you, you got another thing coming. You're on the wide road to destruction. Simple as it. We're, we're too late in the game. I'm telling you, folks, the persecution is coming. And I'm not saying this to get clickbait, to be negative Nancy. I'm not saying that. I'm saying wake up, church. Wake up. Wake up. Look at those in the world of the world calling for blood, bang for blood, literally. I mean, I just saw a video of a complete moron doing some sort of expressive dance routine for quote-unquote women's rights or healthcare rights. Can you believe that? She looked like she was demon-possessed. Actually, I would, I would go see if she probably was demon-possessed rolling around on the ground like that. I wish some Christian would have walked by and cast that demon out of her like Jesus would have done. My God, the demonic nonsense out there. And, and why? Because the demonic nonsense in the church. And we're not ready. How do I know that? How many pastors in America, just America, because it's dealing with America, and I know for a fact that the Lord has called me to the American church, how many actually spoke up about Roe versus Wade? How many said, praise God for this, now the fight continues? How many said things? How many celebrated? How many spoke out against murdering babies? In fact, leading up to Roe versus Wade, leading up to, to the, uh, to the well, yeah, the first time Roe versus Wade, people were silent on this in the majority of America. Yes, so in the early 1970s, I believe it was 1972 or 73, when, when, when the Supreme Court decided, unlawfully, by the way, about Roe versus Wade, when they did that, it, would, it, it wasn't suddenly... Right? It wasn't like, well, I wonder where this came from. It was because the church was silent. You know, I've been listening to a lot of A.W. Tozer. And you can look up his sermons online. You can listen to them audio. And I'm loving every minute I'm hearing. It's convicting at times, but I'm loving it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, 1973. Um, it was because he was saying the exact same things I've been saying for years now. He was saying it in his day. And he died in, 19, in, the, in the early 1960s. So because Roe versus Wade became law at that time because the church was silent. Because the church was frankly inept. The church has been asleep and we refuse to wake up. Now the good news is, of course, is that God has never been about a majority. So go watch that episode if you haven't watched that episode. All right, it's not a numbers game to God. All right, go look it up. The good thing is we know from what the Bible says that there are not going to be many, but that's not an excuse. Well, the Bible says there's not going to be many. Well, does that give you an excuse to be part of that all of a sudden? God forbid we have an attitude. Well, I don't have to get involved. That's political. 
No, political is saying Republican, Democrat, whatever. What I'm saying is biblical. Taking a stand for the unborn. Taking a stand for the exact same thing in the Bible God, that God takes a stand for. Taking a stand against the wholesale slaughter of babies day in and day out here in America. Yet we don't. And yet we somehow think America is blessed. We somehow think we're the greatest nation on the face of the earth right now. Think again, friends. Think again. We are far from the greatest nation on earth right now. I mean, never mind the different reasons that we're the laughing stock of the world right now. But I'm not going to get into that. I'm, I'm, let's, I'm talking to you who call yourself Christian right now. That's the audience I'm targeting. You who call yourself Christian. You honestly think that blood doesn't cry out for blood and that we say God is good, sure, but God is holy. I, I recently heard, heard, heard a sermon. I don't remember the exact facts right now. But over 400 times in the Bible, God is called holy. Yet very few times in the Bible is God called love. You can look it up for yourself. The information is out there. Let me say it one more time. Over 400 times in the Bible, God is called holy. Very few times, God is love. It may be a shocker for some of you. But in the throne room, day and night, the Bible says, they cry out what to God? Holy, 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 they call him. They don't say lovely, lovely, lovely. They don't say love, love, love is a God almighty. They don't say grace, grace, gracious, gracious, merciful. They don't say anything. They say holy. And if you don't know what that means, brothers and sisters in Christ, then you're not a brother or sister in the Lord. I'm just putting it like it is. You don't know. Do you have any inclination of what holy means? Well, I'm not saying we have to have perfect revelation inside of heaven. That's not going to happen. But we should have a revelation that God is holy. What would that look like in your life? What would that look like in my life? A revelation of holiness, which means I can't watch that stuff anymore. I have to speak out against the wholesale murder of the unborn. I have to speak out against sex trafficking. I have to speak out against pornography. How it destroys the, the nuclear family in America. How it supports slavery. Yeah, we like to say slavery has been abolished. No, it never was. Uh, oh, the Emancipation Proclamation. Well, we just kind of, we just, we like to overlook while, while people get slave, the slave trade continues on strong with no sign of slowing down right here in America. Why is that? Why is that it continue? Because there's so many sitting in pews today and preaching from pulpits at the same time who are still slaves to sin. And I say all of this because I know the power of God to set men free. Most of you listening have heard my testimony about this. So if you think I'm, I'm, I'm saying any of this because I think I'm so much better, then you go and make that, that, that illogical leap if you wish. But I'm finished explaining myself and I'm finished making the apologies. That's why if you go to my social media pages, you'll see the hashtag used a lot lately. No apologies. I'm making no apologies for speaking the gospel truth. Make of it what you will. Think of it. Think of me what you will. I just know the power of God to set men free. I know where I was, a sinner, damned to hell, lost, craving sin, to a man set free by God, trying to, to valuing the holiness of God, living for God every day, repenting every day, praying every day. Reading the Bible every day. These are fruits, by the way, of every Christian in the Bible. There has never been a Christian in the Bible ever, ever, who has ever lacked a prayer life. There has never been a Bible, a Christian in the Bible, who has ever once lacked a Bible study life. How do I know? It's because the Bible tells me so. The Bible says it is a power of God to set men free. Paul writes to Timothy. At the end of his life, Paul writing at the end of his life, Timothy going to take over, right? 
you know, the book of First uh, and Second Timothy is called the Pastoral Epistles. And he's saying to Timothy, son, all of Scripture is God-breathed and profitable. Why would Paul say that? And yet we in America dare to think we can call ourselves a Christian and have no knowledge of the Scriptures of God at all. We can't even preach the word in and out of season. Yet Paul writes that to Timothy. He said, be ready in and out of season to preach the word of God. How can we preach the word of God when we are so completely ignorant of it? Well, brother, I'm listening to your show. Get off my show. Go pick up a Bible. I'm not here for the clicks. I'm not here for the viewers. I'm here for one alone, and his name is Jesus. If you think you can listen to something, that's your Bible study. Well, you know what? You know what that's like? That's like me watching somebody eat food and thinking that's going to fill me up. That's exactly what that's like. Well, I'm going to depend, depend on somebody else. Fine. Do you depend on somebody else to eat your meals for you? No, you don't. That's silly. Do, do you look at somebody else and say, wow, they took a shower that makes me clean. You don't want to even get in the shower yourself and you think you're clean. How does that work out? Some of you listening might be dirty, rotten sinners right now. You don't even know it. You don't even know it because you love your sin. Maybe you've never heard the truth. And my, my point, my thing is I want you to be set free. I want all to come into the kingdom of God. I want to take as many to people. I want, I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I possibly can. I would love to get into heaven one day and some person there said, brother, I heard you speak the truth and the Holy Spirit used it to convict me. I came to Christ and I lived for Christ. I would love, but I cannot force any person to listen to anything. I cannot force anybody to make a decision for anything because the Bible tells me so. One plants, one waters, but it's the Holy Spirit that saves. And as much as I would love for that to happen, I, I, I must look at the reality as found in the scriptures. In the last days, the Bible warns us time and time again, men will become lovers of self. Do we not see that today in the church? I mean, I the church really close to us, I kid you not, handing out free popcorn, microwavable popcorn, free popcorn in, in the... um. In the gas station, could you not? Billboard signs for movie nights. Oh, I would long to see a billboard for a prayer night, but that's not going to get the numbers in. Right? You got to pump those numbers up. That's not going to get the money coming in. But that's what happens when you want more, when you want, when you uh, worship mammon over God. I would love to see billboard signs, prayer nights. Come, we're going to, because they had a, 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 I don't know what it was, however long, maybe a week long or so of, of movie nights. What the heck is that going to profit a man? What is that? Well, how is that going to profit our soul? How is that going to feed us spiritually? It's not. But to pray in unity, to meet together as the bride of Christ, to come before our knees, before all God, nobody wants that. No, what are you talking about? I don't have time for that, but you got time for movie night. Disciple people? Brother, you don't know my people's schedules, but you got time to watch movies. You got time to watch two-hour movies, three-hour movies. I'm telling you, the, the length of movies, somehow people are thinking, you know, the, the longer the movie, the better the movie will be. And that, I won't tell you the number of flops I've seen that are long movies. We can do all of this. Over here, we can do the world, but we can't do God. And we don't think we have a problem. We think we're, we're fine with God. And I've said that, that we are going to, the nation of America will answer for, for blood. I did say that. However, however, my focus is not the nation at large. My focus is the church, the bride in America. And the, and, and the Lord in his word says that judgment begins where? It didn't say judgment begins in the White House. 
Judgment begins where? In the house of God first. Now, it breaks my heart when I see things happening. And I wish it wouldn't. I, I hate to see the exposure of people in ministry. I hate to see that. It grieves me to no end. When I, in my prayer times, I, I cry out to God about these things. I, I, I shed tears, real tears in prayer time. Praying for God for a turnaround. Praying for revival. But God is just because God is holy. Did you catch that? God is just because he is holy. That means sin deserves an answer. God will answer sin. He will answer sin in wrath. Or he will answer sin through the blood of Jesus. Where are you at today? If you're listening to this. If you're watching this. I, I, I beg you and I urge you under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Consider your ways. The Bible tells us that. Consider our ways. Have you truly lived for Christ up to this point in your life where you only have paid him lip service? What have you done for Christ up to this point on earth? I'm not saying you do what I do or you have to do what so-and-so does. But have you lived for Christ or have you been, I'm a Christian. And all the while, all the while, as you go out to such and such bar and club hop with such and such friends, and listen to music that's demonic with profanity and so much more. This is not about laundry list of sins, by the way. I'm just using examples. While you do that, I'm a Christian. Christians don't get drunk, friends. The Bible tells us to be sober. Sober-minded, in fact. The Bible commands that of you. The Bible commands that of me. To be sober-minded. Do you think I can smoke some weed? I'll be, don't worry, I'm ready for the hate mail to come streaming in for this one. I can smoke the weed and get high and I'm okay with God? Uh, no, getting high is the exact opposite of being sober-minded. So bring on the hate mail. I'll take it, don't worry. My junk folder loves it. Don't mind it. That we think we can do all that. Oh, well, I can do this. I can get drunk. I can have a Bible study. I can have a, a B&B, a Bible study in beer. What? Now, I'm not, now, your views on alcohol is between you and God, and I'm not pushing any of you one way or the other. But I will tell you, gathering together as believers to study God's holy word and drinking beer is not okay in any way, in, in any stretch of the imagination. In any stretch of the imagination. Well, let's go have service in a, in, in a bar. What? And then that bar just opens back up, goes on, business is normal. You think that's okay with God to do? We are in a dangerous place in the church today. And I'm trying to sound the warning. I'm trying to sound it. What's coming our way in America soon, right? Coming soon to a city near you, right? A movie trailer. Coming soon to a city near you. Persecution. You don't think it's you don't you don't think it's that close, do you? Hmm? Just up to the north, which is way, 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 way north for me here in Corpus Christi, Texas. But up north in Canada, pastors are arrested. What? You spoke what we didn't want you to speak. We're throwing you in jail. Not only that, but those sly suckers up there will lie like the devil. They are. They'll lie like the devil. They are. Right? There's a pastor who was here in, um, in America recently. I say recently, so less than a year ago. While I was in Colorado Springs, speaking about that, he had to go back up there. And like, are you sure? People offered him the chance to stay here in America. No, no, we'll put you up. We'll give you lodgings. Well, heck, we'll pay you to be on, on staff at this church here. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I have to go back up there. Wow. And he knew what was coming, though the government said, no, 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 don't worry. Just, just come on and we'll, we'll, we'll settle this. No, he shows up at the airport. 
and they arrest him right, now, right as soon as he steps off the plane. Boom, arrested. Yet we in America think somebody says something nasty about us, it's persecution. Brothers and sisters, you don't know what persecution is yet. If you've only ever, ever uh, been here in America, lived here all your life, never actually lived outside the nation, you have no clue what persecution Tell you from personal experience what persecution looks like. When I was in Iraq, I wasn't a Christian yet. For some reason, we had um, some of the interpreters there come to me and say, Hey, I'm a Christian, but don't tell anybody because they're going to kill me and my family. Yeah. See, that's biblical Christianity right there. We don't like that sound. That's too radical. What are you talking about? Stop being such a legalist, brother. Don't you dare bully us. Okay, then. Okay, then. When the persecution comes and you by the knee, don't say I didn't warn you. Don't say I didn't warn you. Around the world today, in a majority of the world, Christians are persecuted on a daily basis. Thrown into prison cells exactly like Paul was. Beaten like Paul was. Flogged like Paul was. Right? Richard Vermbrand, right? In the 20th century alone. You know, you ever heard of uh, Tortured for Christ? Yeah. Three years he was in solitary confinement. Beaten, tortured, many, many years. What happened? He started one of the biggest ministries today, Voice of the Martyrs. That we in America say, well, the government said I'm persecuted. What? We, we can't even decide to obey the Bible over, uh, obey God over mankind. And we think we're somehow doing great. I mean, I think they're threatening lockdowns again soon. Could be happening. I don't know. You know what? Frankly, I don't care. Because the Bible tells me, and I know like the people love to misquote Romans 13 on this. Oh, the Bible. Nope, nope. It says submit to authority. And they like to stop there. And they forget what the rest of the Bible says. They forget where Peter and John were, were taken before their government leaders, the Sanhedrin. And they were commanded to stop preaching the gospel. Stop preaching this Jesus fellow. He's way too radical for us. And they say, well, you know what? Whether it is right in your eyes to obey God or to obey all man, but we will obey God. So, where, where does the, but let's just go here. Let's, let's go through history a little bit here. I mean, I love history. Love it to death because we need to learn from it. Let me ask you, do you think persecution starts in the grand scale? Like, for, we'll, we'll go with Nazi Germany because I'm seeing so, I've been seeing so many parallels here in America compared to Nazi Germany. So let's go to Nazi Germany. Let's use that history, right? Hitler comes to power, right? What happened? Holocaust? No, 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 friends. Holocaust was years in the making. Mm -mm. It started off with, hey, um, we don't quite like what you're saying in your churches. Could you tailor the message a bit? We're not liking that. Yes, 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 Herr Hitler. Right? Then it was, we don't think Jews should be clergy members. Yes, Herr Hitler. Then it, then it came, oh, by the way, yeah, we don't think Jews should be attending your church. That's a bad, okay, Herr Hitler. And this will go on over time. I hope you're getting the picture now. Eventually it led. But what do you think is happening here in America today? What, what's on the rise today in America like never before? Progressive Christianity. Right? And they try to preach this Jesus of tolerance and all-inclusiveness. Yet, Have you ever tried to speak to those people in any way, shape, or form? Have you ever tried to interact with them? It's the most demonic, intolerant, exclusive junk that comes out of them. No, their version of inclusiveness is intolerance is you tolerate what I believe, you believe, and you okay, and you affirm what I believe. Thank you for being so tolerant. 
That's the version of tolerance, right? And our government currently in America, stick with me here, there's a point. All right, you need to learn from history. Slowly but surely trying to say, Roe versus Wade overturned, rightly so. Went back to the states to decide. What does our government leaders do? That's no, 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 we can't have that. We have to murder those babies. Right, what, what did Joe Biden say when he got into office? Or right before, when he said, um, I don't remember the the uh, the exact act's name that he wanted to put into, but basically that um, you had a churches had to, will have to hire homosexuals and LGBTQ people, all that stuff. They'll have to marry. They will have to perform gay marriages and all of that. Do you think our our Do you think the president of the United States has forgotten about that? No, sir. No, ma'am. Do you think those with him and in his camp have forgotten about any of that? No, no, they have not. It's coming. Are you going to bow the knee and say, yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Government man, sir. Yes, sir. Hoo-ah, hoo-ah. Yes, you said I must, so I must. How dare I? I can't leave. I can't lose my tax-exempt tax status. Mm -mm, wouldn't want that happening. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't want being having hardly any money to operate on like the early church did. You see where I'm going with this? Because in Nazi Germany, you had a man like Dietrich Bonhoeffer who refused to bow down, who realized <clears throat> that the Lutheran church of his time in Germany was not right anymore. And he started a church called the Confessing Church. And they did not back down. And it was so bad, he, he eventually had to flee Germany. And yet he came back. They, were, they would arrest members of this Confessing Church, leaders in this because they dared not bow down to the government. And I said, that's exactly what's happening in Canada today. That's exactly what's happening, right? Old, uh, old Trudeau, right? Old Commandant Trudeau up there. Old Commissar Trudeau. So if you guys know anything about the Cold War, you know what I'm talking about. Old Commandant Commandant Trudeau up there, right? Imposing his will upon his people and nobody's doing anything about it, really. What are we, and what are we doing down here? Government man says, you must. American church says, yes, sir. Yes, sir, we will. We don't care if it goes against God. And yet we think we're ready to handle what's coming, right? We will disobey God not to forsake the gathering of the saints. And we will obey the government because they say, sorry, you can't. People might get sick and die. Well, welcome to the world at large. Welcome to history where people have got sick and died from, I don't know, as long as people have been around. Regardless, it doesn't say that we should stop gathering together. We should disobey God. Nothing in the word gives us a reason or to disobey God, period, the end. And we think we're ready. How, how, <clears throat> let me ask you, how long before do you think, how long do you think before now we can get arrested? You say, well, brother, that First Amendment, though. Then why, if, if that First Amendment is our guard, and I wish it was, was I wish it was, why, why did that coach who prayed at every game have to go to all the way up, all the way, go up to the Supreme Court? The First Amendment gives me the right to practice my religion. The First Amendment says, you government man cannot prohibit me from whatever religion or not religion I choose. So if my religion says, pray, and I pray, the First Amendment says you cannot prohibit that. Right? Praying at a football game, by the way, is not telling everybody else you must pray. It's not saying you must follow and do exactly what I do. Simply what it is. Yet, yet, if we think we're so protected by our amendments and our Bill of Rights and so on and so forth, why is abortion had a why why did why has abortion gone on for so long? Right? Our our, our founding documents, our founding documents specifically list the right to what? Life. 
life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yet, for so long and for too long, for too long, it has been the exact opposite. Well, I'm going to redefine what I would consider a human life to be just so I can murder it, so I can live in my sin, so I can live in my promiscuity. Now, I understand there are those who suffer um, and get pregnant from rape and such. But believe me, those numbers are far smaller than you are led to believe. Because the vast majority would rather have the promiscuity than let another live. And it's amazing that people who think this way have never been aborted. Amazing how that works. Amazing how this works. We must, church, wake up. We must get to God's holy standard as I, as I wrap things up here. And I thank you for everybody watching right now. I thank you for everybody commenting right now. I am truly humbled and honored that you are. We need to get back to God's standard. If you don't know what God's standard is, then, then I urge you to, get, to, to, to make Jesus your Lord. Notice I didn't say invite him into your heart. Will you make Jesus your Savior today? No, that means bow down. You bend the knee. Every knee shall bow. and Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That does not mean everybody's going to get to heaven. My question, if you haven't, would, one would you rather do? You want to do it according to your will? And, and be part of the kingdom of God? Or one day being forced to it and being chucked into the lake of fire forever? It is what it is. We need to get back. We can't compromise. Let me tell you what. I don't see in the Bible anywhere a compromised Christian. I see it nowhere in the Bible. I see it nowhere that a true, that a true person, a true man or woman of God is compromised at the same time. We see in 1 John where John writes that we don't go on sinning. In fact, going on sinning is a sign of apostasy. There, there, there's no in-between. Well, I waffle today and I waffle tomorrow. I'm cold today. I'm hot tomorrow. No. It's all the way or no way. It's Yahweh or no way. We, we have a choice. God can empower, will empower us and give us the ability, but we still have the free will to reject it. Too many have rejected it. Too many have rejected God's holy standards. That's why we have cowards in the pulpits today. So that people like me, compared to them, are a bully, right? Yeah, I guess the opposite of a coward in people's minds is a bully. But they don't see those people as cowards, right? They want to be affirmed in their sin. They want to be affirmed in their lifestyle. And they say, well, that's a man of God saying that. No, that's a man of the devil. That's a man of Satan. He's aging. Those type of pastors in those pulpits are Satan's fleshly agents here on this earth right now. Because a true man of God won't compromise. Because a true man of God knows the power of God to set men free. And he lives that freedom humbly every single day of his life. And nothing less than the holiness of God will do in that person's life. Nothing less then the holy standards of God is enough. And until God becomes your all, then the world is all you have. Your choice. Wake up, Christian. Preach the truth. Be ready to rebuke and correct and teach in and out of season, as the Bible tells us. I'm not saying anything new. I'm not saying anything that was, that was preached and taught on in the Bible. Amen? Amen. Let me wrap this up. And tomorrow, I'm going to have a great interview airing tomorrow with a good friend of mine now. Um, he, he's got a ministry in northern Nigeria. So, Brad, if you're watching, thank you for the interview and praise God for all that you do. Let me, let me just give you a, a brief highlight of what you're going to hear about tomorrow. In northern Nigeria, right? Christians get hacked to death every day. 
All right, so much so that, by the way, this man that, that you're going to hear talk tomorrow, I'm going to interview, right? He knows what it means. He knows persecution, all right? The man knows, all right? They, he saw a friend of his hacked to death in their bed. He found this person hacked to death. That's normal Christianity, by the way. And you're going to hear about that. It might, it, 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 I pray for those of you who are in Christ that this motivates you and spurs you on, right? And encourage you. For those who are not, I pray that this exhorts you to repentance and to truly live for Christ in every way possible. So, thank you all for watching. Don't forget to hit that like button. All right, don't forget, I've got a, uh, I think one person is watching by the live stream on uh, my channel or my, my official. Yeah, they are. Okay. Anyway, on my page. So, who's ever watching there? Thank you for checking out my website. All right, make sure you do that. All right, so let me, one more, one more reminder for you is I got a new website where everything is easy to find in one place. All right, it's right there on your screen. If you're not watching, then either way, the link is in the description, davidcmcguire.org. Check it out. All right, sign up, subscribe. All right, you're going to scroll down on the website. You're going to come to a section, right, where my blog is. I wrote my first blog. All right, there'll be another one coming this week. All right, and oh, don't forget, so you don't, uh, miss my newsletters. Um, and so, you know, when, you know, anyway, all your content is found right there in one easy place. And I made it very super easy, by the way, because I hate websites where you have to click, 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 and, you know, still haven't gotten there. So anyway, I did that. I did that um, for you to make it easy to navigate. All right. Very few clicks to find what you need. Most of what you want anyway is already there on the home page. It's just if you want a little bit more of it, like if you want more of the uh, audio podcast episodes from my website, then you can go to the place where the, the podcast page is or the blog. But pretty much everything you need is right there on the homepage, right there for you. So I made it too easy. Anyway, so with that, I'm out today. God bless everybody.